everybody. Happy August. Ha ha. This is the August 7th show on this Jupiter Rising show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And this morning we've got a lot of good stuff going on. We've got Mr. Matt Shea in studio to talk about ghost stories. He's going to actually refer to one that I just went through last weekend. Anyway, and then also we're going to have on for the Astro Celebrity of the Week. Oh, first we have the Astro News of the Month. There's a bunch of stuff going on there. That's our first of the month update. And then and the next one is Astro Celebrity of the Week. Now we're picking somebody that maybe many of you have not heard of. His name was D- Douglas Adams. He was a writer. He wrote the book A Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is a very famous book and pretty wacky, too. But one of the reasons I chose him is because um, a long time ago I had a reading with Ray Grassy. You remember him. He'll be on the show again soon. And he said, you know, it's really interesting. I just thought I'd mention to you that you were born within one hour of Ray of Doug, Douglas Adams when he was born. So we were born on the same date. This is March 11th, 1952. So I decided we're going to talk about him today and what, you know, what constitutes an astro twin, because I'm practically his twin. But, I mean, there's a lot of similarities, but then there's other things, too, where he was just plain whacked out. Okay. So, anyway, we're going to talk a little bit about him, and then we're going to bring on Matt. We're going to be talking about ghosts and stories like that, and um, probably his fishing, too. He hasn't told me the latest fish he's caught, too. Um, what fish... How big was your last one that you caught? I limited out. They were roughly 12 inches. I'll take it. But I got a new spot, and I'll tell you about it. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear about that. Okay. And so it's amazing what we think is news on this show. But it is, you know. When you find a new fishing spot, that's really cool. So anyway, we're going to be talking to him a lot about all this good stuff that happens in his life and also what's going on with his books. So anyway, let's take a break right now, and right when we get back, we're going to be doing the Astro News of the Month. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 a.m. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Alternative Talk 1150, the talk of the sound. And that is the cue for the Astro News of the Month. Okay. All right, we got a bunch of things here that we got to talk about. These are all astrological events, but there's one on here that's major. Uh, The first one is tomorrow, there's a new moon at 16 degrees of Leo. So if you know your chart, you know that you have something at right around 16 degrees. It might be a little bit more noticeable than usual because new moons are dealing with new cycles that basically get started on every, every new moon that you start a new cycle for the next month. So, uh, yes, and so, you know, because that basically means the sun and the moon are at the same degree. So um, that's basically setting up, well, okay, now we're going to set up some new activities and we're going to start something new this month. So anyway, next we have uh, Mercury into Virgo. Okay, that happens on uh, April, no, August 11th. Anyway, so that's 
kind of interesting because Mercury likes to be in Leo. It's a very much of a big sign. The way I think you have Mercury in Leo too, Matt. Pretty sure you do. Yeah, you sound like you do. Anyway, so that means you. Sound, I do now. <laughs> <laughs> basically, you sound like Patrick Stewart. Oh, Patrick oh Stewart God. has Mercury in Leo, even though he's a Cancer. He, he sounds like he could be a Shakespearean. Well, he was a Shakespearean actor on the stage, and it basically kind of means that you have that sort of pontificating way of speaking to people. So that's very typical of Leo when you have it in, in Mercury and uh, Leo. But in Virgo, it's more precise, getting down and getting really busy with your brain and all that kind of stuff. And then next, Venus is in Virgo, too, on 817, they're kind of shadowing each other right now. And Venus means relationships will go through a process of analysis and picking through it to see if there's anything wrong with them. And then finally, not finally, but the next one is Uranus is going stationary direct. Nope, it's going stationary retrograde, I meant to say there. Stationary retrograde on 819. So the energy is picking up right now because the uh, planet is slowing down in the sky and it's pretty much slowed down pretty much all the way so we only have a few days to this happens but in the meantime just watch the news watch the events that happen you'll find that there'll be uprisings and all sorts of crazy stuff happens right right around a around a stationary so i have that in my chart by the way so it it's kind of makes i'm always fascinated with things like breaking away from old routines and that kind of thing so Okay, and then finally, um, on at the end here we have the full moon at eight on eight twenty-two. That's at twenty-nine Aquarius. Okay, and so that's right on my north node. Oh, that's interesting. So, um, so it, a full moon is basically taking the moon and putting it exactly half distance across the sky, so it's facing each other. So, on opposite points of the sky, generally means that when a person is born under a full moon, they have more perspective on things and they can see both sides of two coins or polo, polar opposites. So that will be an interesting thing. And usually a lot of people end up in the hospital at that time. Just thought I'd tell you that. Because extremes of emotion during that time. So, you know, if you have a question? We have nurses in my family, and they would yell full moon, sit uh, at a table, and they would swap stories of what came in into the emergency wow. room that night. Oh, that's it's amazing. It's exactly what you were saying. Yeah. that's the, I was going to say, usually in the healing professions or something like that, they know when the full moon takes place because usually the, there's an increase of violence and usually um, the opposite point of the moon and the sun, you know, emotions oppose your identity or your ego. And so that, that can make an interesting play on our... A pull or a pull, a pull between those two. So it's just, you know, um, and it happens every month. We get a new moon, full moon every single month. But, you know, this one will be interesting to watch, I think. So anyway, okay, now it's time for the Astro Celebrity of the Week. <laughs> that was, now tell us what this is again, Nathan. That's the original theme for the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that aired, I believe it was BBC. Okay, it was yeah, a series, a wasn't TV it? TV series, yep. And yeah. it was uh, inspired by the book uh, original. That's right, by Douglas Adams, who is our th- subject today. Okay, I mean, I figured it would sound kind of weird, and it did. So, I mean, that makes total sense. I kind of like that. So, anyway, um, now, as I was saying, Douglas Adams has the distinction, I don't know if, or 
I have the distinction of being born the same day he was, okay, within an hour. And I found that out from another astrologer, and I thought, really? I've got to look up his chart, and his chart made quite a lot of sense when I saw it, you know, and also the kind of things that he had in his life that were similar to my life. So anyway, let me give you the data in case you haven't memorized it. I've memorized it since it's mine. Okay, it's March 11th, 1952, 10, 11, or 11:10, excuse me, a.m. in Cambridge, England. Okay, so first of all, um, he was a really tall man, which is really interesting, six foot five, and he was really handsome. He died in 2001. He was only 49 or something like 47. It was really sad that he passed away, but he was really just, he had so much information in him he was trying to get out. And the thing of it is, is that he had a, I think I was kind of looking at the issues where he would have difficulty and he had, he had a hard time. He had a lack of confidence that realized he had to keep going on things because there was just things that were trying to get out of him. But a lack of confidence that has a lot to do with, let's look at his chart here for a moment. Okay. And in case you happen to have run a chart out on him, he looks a lot like mine. Okay, but a little bit different. Um, he has uh, Mercury and Saturn in, in opposition to each other. And that, generally speaking, kind of puts the, the lack of confidence. That's basically what that means. But um, also, he, um, and of course, all of the stuff, the Sun and the Mercury and Jupiter, which are all right up there together, all in the 10th house, which makes him a very highly visible person in the career area. So this makes total sense. And he also had cancer rising with the planet Uranus sitting right smack dab on that ascendant. So he was definitely what we call weird, definitely strange. He had some strange quirks about him. And, and I am, when I heard about he written The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is a very famous book, I immediately got and started reading it. I read the first chapter or two, and I was cracking up through the whole thing. It was just funny. I felt like I was reading something I would have written, <laughs> but not really. But it, it, it felt like an extension of me when I was reading it. It just seemed like really obvious, you know, kind of logical. And even though his brain is not what we call logical because his Mercury is making a square to Uranus. That's basically a very bizarre sort of brain. So he would have been a really good astrologer, too, if he had tried to do that. But also, he's got some stuff in his life that were very similar to what I have gone through. And I might bring those up here in a minute. But let me go through some of the other stuff that he did. Okay, he was a radio comedian, and he wrote a trilogy of five books. That doesn't make sense. A trilogy of five books. Shouldn't that be three books? Wait a minute. Doesn't that make sense? A trilogy of five books? Sounds like more of a quintology. Yes, kind of. I said, is that a joke or what? You know, I couldn't figure that out. Anyway, and his basically his book, his Hitchhiker's Guide, sold 15 million copies, which is pretty awesome. And he also had an asteroid named after him, too, which was Douglas Adams. It's number 25924. So in case you want to look in the sky and see that, that's a, there is a, an astrology or a belt, an asteroid belt between the planet Saturn and Uranus. And it was theorized that there was a planet there one time and it probably went poof and it left a quite a large asteroid belt. <clears throat> so that's where the asteroid is located. Now we found out too, <clears throat> all right, some of the, the commonalities. He loved Macintosh computers. That's all I've ever used is a Macintosh. I've never had any slight desire <clears throat> to get a, a PC, just never had a desire for it. So, and he was tall, 
six foot five, never, never that tall, but I'm five foot nine. So um, he also had, um, he loved animals, which I do too. And uh, let's see, what's this say? Oh, he lived in ASPCA shelter one time with his folks. So, I mean, he, and he had a moon in Virgo, by the way. A moon in Virgo people generally love animals because Virgo rules small animals. Large animals are Pisces. So uh, big animals like horses and other things like that. But small animals like fish and cats and dogs are actually a part of Virgo. So, and also he had, he was very creative. He loved music. He loved music, which I do too, because I have a degree in music. I love music. And then um, creative writing, obviously. I do that too. But he also wrote a computer game. Get this. It's called Starship Titanic. Now, I just thought that was just so wacky because I wrote a book on the Titanic. All right. So um, I thought that was interesting, sort of how parallel our lives were. So it was just, you know, one of those things, the commonalities that as I was reading about his, on his bio, that he actually did kind of go past certain areas that I went past, too. So let me see if there's any last things here I want to talk about. Um, he actually, uh, when he was laying drunk in a field in Innsbruck, gazing up at the stars, he envisions the, the, the galaxy book. So, I mean, he, he was kind of wacky. I mean, he was a Pisces, after all, so there probably would have been that side of him, too. But um, he was written, he wrote a lot for Monty Python's Circus, and, and, of course, he was British, so he was very active there. And he worked diligently in the radio and TV field. And um, his other works were just um, they're written for TV shows, so he kind of did all of that stuff. And so at the end of his life, he died in 2001. He wanted to get um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy made into a full-fledged movie. And he actually got Disney to finance it. And Disney would have been perfect. But unfortunately, he didn't live to see it. So that's very sad about him. But he was very much loved by so many people. They just loved him. And he was also an actor on TV, too. Very, very much of an kind of a renaissance person. So... I, I, whenever I think about him, I, I relate to him because we're so close in, in birth time. So, um, and there are similarities between he and I. So, you know, sometimes looking at an astro twin is kind of interesting to see how close their life mirrors yours, and they usually do. So, anyway, we're going to take a break right now, and when we get back, we're going to bring on our favorite guest, Mr. Matt Shea. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to New Pro Supplements, we cover the world of animals. This week, August 8th, it's Best Bioenergetic Synchronization Technique, Rasmussen Reset, and Energy Code Sunday on Animal World. That means Nels Rasmussen and Linda Rasmussen will be in the studio, and together they can help you or your animal friends with emotional, behavioral, or physical issues. So I hope you can join us and plan to call in for Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Bored with the other stations, hammering away on the same old talking points? Try Alternative Talk 1150 and get some variety. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And now we're going to bring on our favorite guest, Mr. Matt Shea. 
How are well, you doing? Oh, fantastic. I moved up to favorite. I like that. <laughs> well, you are. <laughs> well, you I am at this moment. <laughs> yes, that's right. You've been on our show 21 times, you know, and you had to remind me this morning. I thought it was 20, but I was behind by one. And that's significant because you just seem to stabilize and ground our show when you're on it. Well, this show has got me in this studio on other shows as well. And yeah. I can, okay, thank you and Nathan a lot. Oh, you're welcome. So you much bet. for that. Of course. That's what, you know, that's kind of what, you know, radio is about. I mean, as far as the way I feel about it, that we bring on people that we know do a good job at what they do and we bring them on and highlight them. Of course, you know. Fantastic. Now, I want to take the fight to you. Oh, you are we going to put our dukes up? <laughs> you have since returned to Burr's. Yes. And I remember a lot of fantastic evenings reading After Dark at yeah. Burr's. Yeah. You've returned once again, and you packed the house. You had at least 20 people there. Yeah. My gosh. Yep. Yep. The Jupiter Experience, which just started last Tuesday, is it's an uh, metaphysical question, or metaphysical, whatever it's called. I forget. Jeez, I can't remember. It's a really long title for it. But anyway, um, we started this group at Burr's last Tuesday, and um, it was my friend Susan Bergstrom and I decided to start a group because uh, we wanted to get out there and become a group that would be uh, bringing people together that we already know as friends that really want to come back and see each other, which they did last Tuesday. As Like I said, we had over 20 people there. And um, it was really wonderful. We had Donna Sebo speak. And this week we have on Mary Beckman, which we're very excited about. And so... Um, I think it's going to be a really wonderful group because people that were there were saying, this is something I've always wanted to have is a group that I can come to that's my own, you know? And I said, yeah, this is your group. This is, you're going to make it, what you make out of it will be what it is. So um, it, it's just a, an amazing thing. So anyway. Well, I remember not too long ago, you initially did readings after dark at Burr's. Right. And there were those nights where the line was too deep. All I could do was wave my hands, <laughs> get your attention, and wish you well. Yeah. It was going to be a night where I couldn't get too close because there were too many in line. Oh, wow. Well, but it's happening you. again. And this well, is just exciting. Yeah, it seemed like that happened. I had a lot of people that want readings, too, that night. As soon as they came in, they wanted them. So I, I was really happy about that. I never count on anything, but I'm always glad when they do happen because the thing about what I do is is I try to help people with their, their existing lives to see if we can shine a light on an area that they heretofore have not experienced or don't understand, you know. And when, I, when we can do that, we can help people, that's what we're here for doing. That's what I'm here to do. So um, I absolutely, totally love it. I've loved it. I've been an astrologer for over 31 years, and hard to believe. I can't even believe it. You know, it's t time has flown by. But nonetheless, I don't even feel like I know even half of astrology, you know. So this is what makes me stay with it. It just keeps me involved because I'm always learning something new from it. So, yeah. So thank you for bringing that up. We're, we're having a really good time. And you, it's, you just said it. When you and I talk about this, you'll mention other names and then what you've learned from them. Yeah. Even more to learn. You're not a final product. You mm -mm. keep expanding. No, not even remotely final. I have a lot more growth to do. And I am a lot more evolving to do. 
as well. You know, and being on people's shows helps me evolve in different directions. So uh, recently I was on Harriet Walden's show and um, she, she wanted me to talk about two activists, you know, black activists that were involved with the emancipation of black people in the South. That's where she comes from, and that's what the work she's been doing. She's an amazing activist herself. And I did Ida B. Wells and also Thurgood Marshall. I did their charts. It was just an amazing thing because they were both cancers and all those other stuff. And cancer, of course, is, is the birth sign that our country was founded under. So, I mean, they would definitely, anybody who is involved um, or is a cancer would be feeling that much more acutely than somebody else would you know, to be involved with something like that. So, but that was an absolutely marvelous experience. It really was. I'm going to be on our show next month. So again, we're going to be making it a regular deal. But um, I tell you, um, astrology is such a wonderful, it's, it, it's an amazing sort of attention getter. and It's a real conversation starter. I mean, you can start anywhere in it and it's just amazing. So anyway, so what are we going to be talking about today? Well, you made a comment about fishing, and you bet I got a story. I have an affection for small-town USA. Uh And what did Rome do as the Romans do? It is the locals I have an eye for. And recently, in my own community, I saw what I looked for. Mm -hmm. An old dented pickup truck off to the side of the road Mm -hmm. and two guys with fishing poles walking a trail. Mm-hmm. Those are the guys you go to. Uh, they know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And to make a long story short, at the end of that trail, it's where the Snohomish River is. You bring two poles. You bring one with heavy line because you get salmon there. Oh. Then you bring one with lighter line because you get a variety of trout, including cutthroat and rainbow. Okay. And so there you are. You're set up for the day at a chef's surprise. But salmon, trout, the neighborhood... Life doesn't get any better. No, it doesn't. It isn't any better than fishing. There's nothing better than that. Yeah, I agree. And what few times I've done fishing when I did it when I was a child. But, um, I mean, it's meditative to sit on a stream and have your line in the water. What better thing is that? You just can't even imagine sitting on the water on a cool day, you know, with the water just flapping the boat a little bit. It's, it's amazing. So Well, the locals, they open up and they tell you the great stories. And one of them had recently taken a video of a UFO above his house, Ooh. quite a distance up there in the sky, but passing overhead. And he caught it for about 10 minutes and even sent it to the government. Wow. And I don't know if they're going to blow it off or make something, but we're seeing this worldwide everywhere. Where here's somebody in the community, basically he's one of my neighbors, And he's got one very recent. Did you happen to see that picture? No, he is going to send it to me. And then I'll have it and I'll send it to you. Great. I'd like to see it. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, That was the conversation about that. It happened recently. Mm -hmm. And again, everybody's talking about that sort of thing more and more. Oh, sure. It's really coming out in the the woods now. I mean, it really, really is. Talking about opening old files that the, the military has, you know, like from Area 51 or something like that, see what's been happening. You know, the things that have been hidden for so long are going to be, will be revealed, you know. And, you know, I have a feeling that's going to, if that's revealed and it's all, it's all validated, you know, that this is for real, 
um, this is going to be changing a lot of our history and a lot of a lot of religious patterns too, because a lot of religions do not believe in anything about, you know, because it would completely confront their own belief system about things. So, um, because if they ever had to admit that Jesus was an alien, that would not be easy to do. But what if he was? Well, you know? that, that could go all directions. Yes, uh, it I was raised could. Roman Catholic, an altar boy at one I time, did. and that. And again, religion and politics, but hey, this is this is radio. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's another different religion. But, you know, it's, um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to how our consciousness shifts when we discover that this stuff is for real. You know, and I already can feel that it's for real. I mean, how could we even be completely idiotic to even say that we're the only ones in the universe? That's crazy. Well, I think I mentioned this a few shows ago, but in Aurora, Texas, in the late 1800s, the entire town saw their Area 51. Okay. They had a spacecraft crash, mm. and I even have a copy of the newsprint because it made it to the Internet. But again, mm-hmm. this is late 1800s, mm-hmm. and so this small town of Aurora is saying this is a being who is not from this planet. It right. is an extraterrestrial. Right. The whole town had an open casket funeral for it and gave it a Christian burial. Wow. And then they took a boulder and outlined a flying saucer, so to say, as a grave marker. Okay. But here, well documented. And then later, our government came in, took everything out the boulder as if nothing happened. Or for over a hundred years, that was part of the small town. The I grandparents know. saw it. Yeah, everything was just pushed in the closet, just to pretend it doesn't exist. You know, we can't. So, anyway, um, you know, we need you to take a break right now. And when we get back, we're going to be talking some more about all this kind of good stuff with Mr. Matt Shea. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. <laughs> And this is a live read for Emerald Spiral Expo on September 25th, 2021. The Emerald Spiral Fair does return for a second engagement and is scheduled for September 25th. Uh, We are so happy to be bringing another fair in so many months. We've had a couple of years without our wonderful fair, and this is the biggest attended fair in the area. We are the biggest. Oh, I already said that. Hello. Hello. Okay, it is the biggest fair. It has the most crystals and the most psychic readers and everything and a lot of spiritual and metaphysical authors. There are over 60 booths selling crystals and, of course, books and readings. This is very repetitious, folks. I have to rewrite this. Anyway, and booths are still available. So bring your family, friends, and kindred spirits to explore this exciting world of alternative medicine, new age wisdom, and quantum physics. Allow Emerald Spiral Expo to help you discover a new adventure on your journey of spirituality, your purpose, and the magic inside you. Emerald Spiral is a free event with free parking at Kent Commons at 525 4th Avenue North on Saturday, September 25, 2021, and the hours are from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. To learn more, you can contact Astara Brisky if you're interested in becoming a vendor or visit us at emeraldspiral.com. 
On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed Jeffrey Mark, go-to expert on classic movies and TV. He talks about the era of subversive comedy, including some very familiar names of the 60s and 70s. On Saturday, Josie Varga returns with more stories about the transition from one dimension to another and the communications between those dimensions. Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Alternative Talk 1150, local talk for the body, mind, and soul. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. I'm Eileen Grimes, astrologer, and with me this morning is the fabulous Matt Shea. And we've been talking about all sorts of ghosty stuff. So what else have you got there? Well, best and now fabulous. I'm going to stay right here. Okay. I like to go on my little search. Uh-huh. I would like to, when I go through small towns, talk to the seniors, go to their library, read some of the historical facts. Right. The city of Conway is just north of my town of Marysville. Uh, I it's, love Conway. It's a very small town, Skagit, of course. Yeah. And it has canals through it. Yep. Because the paddle boats used to deliver merchandise as well as people. Right. Well, I was talking to a senior and she was talking about one of the paddle boats. It was named the Gleamer. Gleamer. Well, I looked it up, and I actually got a book on it. And then what happened to it is they used the term snag. It got snagged somewhere on the Skagit River. And then when it freed up, it drifted down, I believe, sideways and hit the bridge that mm. was just after the dock. So, in other words, no power. Mm-hmm. And the destruction was so, the boat sank there. And so I searched this area, and I see only one bridge, which is a concrete bridge, but I hiked around, and right next to it, underneath it, were the old wooden supports for the old one. Okay. Now, here's the catch. This book that I got has a few pictures of the Gleamer and other paddle boats, Mm -hmm. and it shows people boarding and stuff. On one side of the river... I found the walkway that the people walked on the boat. Mm -hmm. And I know this because of the pictures that I've seen in this book I have. Right. And looking at this thing that is probably a good 20, 30 feet long, narrow, it's the same one in the picture. And then the dock is still there, but all we have now are the metal pilings sticking above the water. At one time, it was more grand. But you find... They're Roman Colosseum, so to say. There's still artifacts there. There's a story. People used to go there. That was a terminal at one time. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that fascinates me. But, hey, I found something. Oh, really? That's amazing. Yes. So it kind of reminds me of what was that incident back east. Um, I can't remember what it is. When that ship phased out and then phased back in. Remember that? With some sort of, anyway. Um, okay. Uh, and people actually phased in, coming in as a part of the the hull. I Amazing. Mean, yeah, it was weird. I mean, it was was the Manhattan the Manhattan incident or something like that. It happened. Yeah, it was phased out. It was sent back in time and then brought forward again. Amazing. Well, something yeah. for me to dig into. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm telling you, this is the weirdest stories, and they made a movie out of it too. So um, it, it's just weird stuff, really weird stuff. 
So anyway, I think it's called the Manhattan Incident. So look that look that up under the Manhattan thing. When yeah, I do my sure. trek through these small towns, I go for the old pickup trucks. I go for the seniors, and this is what inspires me. Mm-hmm. Everything I've written stems from ground one. These okay. small towns and the people that inhabit them, the stories right. they carry <clears> with <throat> them. Now, recently, I've done a few shows on the town of Snohomish, and they uh-huh. have lots of stories there. <clears throat> well, here I go again. Yeah. It was a newer pickup truck, but there's an old timer in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he opened up with me, and he told me that down the street off of First Avenue is an old brick building that is the former police station with one holding cell. Mm-hmm. And the reason he shared that with me, he was kind of proud that in high school he spent a night in that holding cell. Okay. Yeah. Before you and I did the show, I was reading up on that. I found oh. literature, and they just said, well, that's kind of where the drunks went to sleep it off. Right. So he was tipping his hand what he was like as a youth. But there he is talking to me. There it was down the street. I got to see it. Just wow. amazing. <clears throat> so when you went inside of it, were there any? I, I couldn't get inside it. Oh, that's I could bad. only circle the outside, but I saw where everything was and where yeah. the holding cell was. And, of course, they have their stories attached. Mm-hmm. And one of which is it has an old mechanical elevator where somebody has to be in to throw the levers. Because right. this was built in, I believe, 1880. Okay. 1888, I believe. Yeah. That's In fact, I have it right here. 1888, it's called the Marks Building. Oh. But initially, it was the police station and the jail. Yeah. But they say, on its own, that locked elevator cabinet would open, and on its own, they would see that thing function by itself. Oh. That is a very common story, That's whoever wild. or whatever. And again, it's basically a museum now. It's a... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It hasn't yeah. been a police station in many years. Right, right. Yeah, I, I was before I came into the studio. I was telling uh, Matt about my um, incident that happened last weekend. When after Susan and I had had done the show, we went over to McMinniman's uh, Temple, the Temple Elks Temple in McMinniman's, and that's in Tacoma, overlooks the Tide Flats there, and. Um, um, this rarely happens to me, but I just decided to kind of went, oh, let's see what this feels like when we walk in here. Because it's a very strange old building. And I, and she gave me some history that it was completely dilapidated until McMenamin's bought it. And, and they refurbished it from top to bottom. And it's beautifully done. But it's done in the flavor of 1916 fashion, which is kind of dark. And the rooms are dark and all that kind of stuff. Which I, you know, my preference is to be in bright white light. You know, what's the difference? So uh, when I walked into this place, it was just like, whoa. And then as we walked further into it, I said, my God, there are so many spirits in here. I can't even believe it. And I, I couldn't actually feel them, but I could sense them looking at me from around the room. You know, one was up in the corner of the ceiling. Another one was on the floor. Some was over here. You know, and I thought, well, this is, and the interesting thing, she absolutely loved the building, and, you know, um, and it is kind of a fascinating place to go, but frankly, um, I had to get the heck out of there. It really kind of, kind of gave me the willies. Oh, yes. (laughs) The willies. Many years ago, I was up in Orcas Island, and you know the, the mausoleum up there? Yeah, I've heard of it, but I... Okay. Yeah. This was actually on my honeymoon, so we're going back, what would be, 35 years, whatever. 
long time ago, mm-hmm. but somebody told us of it, and it was not marked on the roads. They'd have to draw you a little map. Mm-hmm. And then finally we go down this road and see where the tall grass is, a little trail, and that it was the only one like it. It had to be there. Right. And so here it is in the fall. It's high noon. The sun is directly ahead. And we walked down that trail. The trees and everything were tall where mm-hmm. uh, it takes high noon to light up the area. Real quick, it gets oh. dark again. And as we walked down the trail, there was the mausoleum. Mm-hmm. It was a Roman altar, so to say, with the pillars, with a broken pillar that signifies foul play, symbolic. Yeah. But on the very top was a marble altar that had a tea table there with four chairs. Uh-huh. And the four chairs represented people who had their ashes there, their original settlers. Mm. And it said who they were, when they were born, Mm -hmm. the day they died, and whether they were Republican or Democrat. Interesting. That's what was said there. And then the concept was on Judgment Day, they reunite there and have tea before ascending. That was the concept. But there it is. But when we walked down there, it was so eerie. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was well-kept, manicured, hanging plants. It was beautiful, but eerie, the vibes. I had to run out of there. And as I was doing, more people came down the trail, and whatever it was dissipated. It now wasn't scary anymore. Right, but right. But we were overwhelmed at first. Yeah. Yes. Very similar feeling that I had in that place. There was a lot of people in there, more than there were actually physical people in there. A lot of people in there. A lot of people. And the way the place was constructed is kind of like that building that's built in San Francisco that was built by an heiress, and she couldn't stop doing construction to it, and she had stairways that went nowhere. That was the Winchester house. That's right. It reminded me of that because the stairways went down, and then it went to another place over here, and then it went down and over there. And I thought, this, there's no organization to this building at all. Well, the Winchester has two different theories, one of which is they're the heir to the Winchester rifle, mm-hmm. and a lot of um, bad things have happened with those rifles. Right, so right. that's one. And the other is, is that California at that time had a tax law where you cannot be taxed until the home was completed. Mm-hmm. And so as long as you have nonstop construction, taxes are delayed. Interesting. And so it's either a combination of the two, one or the other, but those are the two stories out there on it. Interesting. You know, and I also figured out, because it was such a bizarre feeling going into this place, and the way it was, it, it just didn't seem like it had any logical thing. You know, they had an a, a elevator over here in this corner where, what's that doing there? You know, and the, the stairways went down to something, which I don't know where they went up to. And it was six floors, and three floors above it were hotel rooms. And then below that were different um, rooms for um, restaurants and bars and all that. A floor down there, there was another store down there where you could buy stuff from them. It it, it just seemed like everything was under the same roof. And it seemed like um, that every I felt inundated by so much stuff. You know, and I hate to say this. I hope Susan isn't listening to the show. You didn't even like the place. Well, I'm observing. I was observing it. You know, and I had a sense that it was really disconnected on some level. And and I know that uh, McMenamin's, the company, they're based in Oregon, you know, and that have bought a lot of properties up and done similar things to them, made them really kind of, you know, um, 
bars slash 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 you know and had a lot of different things going on with them but um it, they're they're companies based in oregon and oregon is an aquarius uh basic aquarius state so if that kind of downloads from there this building felt like an aquarius building it was just crazy under the roof and so much we- decoration and all this stuff it just felt like there was a lot of stuff going on. And because I'm just super sensitive to energies like this, um, when things are just overdone, you know, I have to get out of there, you know, get see too much. I get sensory overload, you know, which is kind of the way I felt. And I'm not really criticizing the place. The place is amazing. It really is. It's beautifully decorated, but it's the energy in the place that you hit the word, the energy, you just feel that something's watching you, what's going to happen. Are you familiar with Alfred's in Tacoma, Alfred's Cafe? Mm -mm. Alfred's Cafe is a great haunting. And when we were there a couple of times, Pete and I went there a few times. Oh, okay. And the server and the people in the bar were all waving their hands. They were regulars. They all had stories. And they claim that they see the ghosts of school children Mm -hmm. because of local history right next door a schoolhouse burnt down, and some of the kids did not make it out. And I uh-huh. think this was, I think this was right around the 1920s, I guess, mm. when that happened. And so that's what they're talking about there. They all do it. They all have stories about it. And uh, hand in hand, it happened mm-hmm. on the premises. Yeah, I can understand that. You know, um, when I was there, it felt like um, there was just layer upon layer upon layer of stuff. And um, uh, I just, I, I, you know, I, it, sometimes you, I have to acknowledge that, you know, most of the time I'll walk into a building and nothing happens, right? You know, I don't feel anything, especially if it's a newer building. But a building that old, you know, in 1916 it was built, um, was just packed full of stuff, you know. And I was seeing pictures in my head of what was going on in a room and all that kind of stuff. Well, I mean... Don't ever use me as a medium in there because I'll, it'll make me crazy. I have to do that. You know, <laughs> it really will drive me crazy. So, so Homish, which is just down the street from me, they're famous for the Oxford Saloon, which was built in 1890. Wow. And there were, I think, 10 different murders in the history of oh, that building from what yeah. I've read. But here's what got me. Every time I go in there, I see something new. And there's always a new employee or something mm-hmm. comes up. They want to show me something. Right. Well, it used to be quite a brothel at its day. And Catherine, who ran the place the, for the brothel, mm-hmm. she was renowned for wearing a beautiful purple satin dress for the late 1800s, a bow and everything. When you walk in there, among other things, they have a mannequin on a trapeze wearing her dress oh wow they found her dress yes well oh, it was wow. it was always there yes and so that just really adds to it because there's a story behind that dress okay. and among many things that have happened that's amazing wow that's really cool okay we're going to take another break here when we get back we're going to be talking to more to matt shay some more about other stuff so this is the jupiter rising show right here on kknw alternative talk radio And this is a live read for Susan Bergstrom of the Medicare Exchange. Susan Bergstrom is a licensed agent in Washington and Oregon to help people obtain security in their lives. 
by providing insurance that pays for final expenses and money for transitioning after a loved one dies. Now, here's the new development. You've probably heard me say it long enough, but I'm saying it again. There's a new long-term care tax that's happening in January 22, uh, and this is in the state of Washington. A new long-term care tax will be imposed on everyone that is a W-2 employee. This is a new state tax. You will be forced to pay 71 cents for every $100 you earn. So if you earn $200,000 per year gross, the state will take $1,160 per year in additional taxes from you. The benefit will give you $100 per day for one year. If you still live in Washington, to qualify, you must pay in for 10 years. So this seems kind of unfair, she said. So she's helping people get a long personal long-term care health policy with much better benefits if you want to opt out of the state's plan. The state has made this tax mandatory, and you cannot opt out unless you pay for your own. There are a bunch of rules on how this policy must be structured. Please call me if you want cheaper options. So most life insurance contracts with long-term care riders do not meet the criteria, and it really is worth a conversation. So make sure you call Susan Bergstrom at 253-318-9379, or you can contact her by email at sbergstrom at americanseniorbenefits.com. Alternative Talk 1150, talk radio for the body, mind, and soul. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. We have on Matt Shea, who's been galing us, regaling us, not galing us, <laughs> regaling us with stories of ghosts. And I've been regaling a little bit, too, with the situation I went through last weekend. So anyway, uh, what else did you want to say about that? Well, wherever you go, the stories are going to be attached oh, yeah. to it. Everywhere in this state, is, this is a ghosty state, isn't it? I think it's I think it's the entire planet. They, yeah. Wherever wherever you go, there it is. Yeah. And they every town has a handful of paranormal societies. So these right. are people in the know with the tours and stuff, and they're they're also historians in their own right. So right. it's interesting to hear what they have to say. Right. Now, at present, you and I have two audio books out there, mm-hmm. and it's sensational that we got Barry Beckman on board. She yes, did a yes. great job that, and then in time. As I'm working on news stories, you also have all my books, all my mm-hmm. paperbacks. Right. You could also circle which one you would like to do, and we will package up another one in the near future. That's great. And I'm proud of this because we got a variety of people. Yourself, we have Doug Johnson on that. We have yeah. Kevin McDonald, who's incredible. Yeah. These are fun stories, and there are those out there who bought them, only five bucks a hit. Yeah. And they liked them. They had something to say about it. You know, my favorite story that you've written is the one about uh, when those kids come back to the the world after the world is kind of gone. Yes. Yeah, and the whole whole planet is basically a playground, including the areas that were where water was. And people could actually go to the Titanic and look at it as a you know, as a site that are made for tourists. You know, but they didn't have to go over the water. The water was gone, so they went down and saw the water underneath 
I just thought that was the most amazing perspective on that. That's one I would love well, to read. It has a little bit of National Geographic to yeah, it. Yeah, it does. It really go does. back and find these old civilizations, and then they coincide with ancient writings, and, hey, we found this is that city. Then you see the ruins, yeah. and they, they confirm stories. They give an update on what actually happened. Exactly so that right. So that was a fun story. Yeah, that was really— uh, That was know, Vacation Earth, I believe. Okay, that's right. That's a great title. Um, I would love to read that one. I'm just putting that into the hopper because I would love to read that one um, because it was just so interesting. So, But, you know, you have to pick the right voice for it, so that's cool. Well, you're good with that Space Age stuff when you did Secret Radio Man. <laughs> yes, including that very strange Secret Radio Man. <laughs> God. <laughs> and, of course, uh, Eric stuck the extra sound effects on that, and evidently it was awesome. I heard it was You had funny. a cosmic echo chamber yeah. working in your favor. Yeah, it was wonderful. So anyway, yeah, that was great. So um, let's see. Is there anything else that you're working on right now that you could talk about? Well, I'm always working on a lot. Yes. And then when I go out and about and meet someone and they spend time talking about the history of that town, that stops me. I start right. taking new notes and then I begin working on another one. So I have a very wide base, but I just got to pick one or two now and complete them. I'm overdue to get another publication. Yeah, you out. are. You you've been kind of you've probably been fishing a lot, right? I've been fishing and do, doing the radio shows, and then going here and there and looking up historical facts, buildings that have made the archives for historical landmarks. Just spending all day there, taking it all in. You know. If you're taking a break, and you really aren't taking a break from working by fishing because there's something very zen about fishing, you know. And so you're doing, and you're doing more work than you actually realize when you're fishing. You're talking to people, and you're kind of sitting with information. But when it's quiet and it's water, that's the stuff that really can, it can really um, make that happen. Well, my brother Dan and I, we, you and I say hi every night. We just do a little text thing and, you know, best to you and so forth. My brother Dan, every morning I get that from him. And so recently I have been finding new country roads. And when I see the cemetery, I got to, because I play that game to see how far back people go. Right. So far in this state, I have found four that go back to the 1700s. Right. They would have known people who fought their Revolutionary War. They probably would have met an old person who met someone from Plymouth Rock. Right, And exactly. so that I put it all in that equation in that. So every so often, Brother Dan gets a picture of an old cemetery, whatever, right. and there's a lot of depth to it. Beautiful right. pictures, well-kept uh, yeah. history of the towns right there. The streets are all named after them. Right. Uh, someplace I would like to go, the cemetery, is the ones back in Fa- Halifax, Nova Scotia, which the three the Titanic, Titanic. Yes. The Titanic, um, has, they have three cemeteries there. And um, I thought about going and, and sitting, talking to the people that are there, because I know they would talk back, you know. Uh, you know, I've never really thought about ever doing that, but I know that I, I can pick up on that and people... You know, people that are dead or not, they can, they'll talk to me. So um, I, I've always wanted to do that, kind of spend some time doing that, because I just think it would be such an amazing perspective to get their perspective, you know, because people, when they, they die, they really haven't died. 
So their their spirits are still around. There's a transition of some sort. Yeah, exactly right. So, well, thank you, my dear, for being on the show today. It was awesome as usual. And um, right now, I'm going to talk right now about our group on Tuesday and give all the specifics. It is the Jupiter Experience, a metaphysical conversation is the group name. It is started in Lakewood. It started on August 3rd, and we have our next one next on August 10th, this coming Tuesday, at Burr's Restaurant, which is at 6151 Silicon Boulevard, Southwest, in Lakewood, Washington. And we do have Mary Beckman. She's going to be speaking. She just has a brand-new book out. You guys should see it. It's beautifully done. It's gorgeous, and it's about all sorts of interesting things that she's been studying lately. So... Um, she will be bringing her books in case you want to pick that up. So it'd be great. And also, I do a 1150kknw.com. That's the website for for KKNW. I do a horoscope column every week. I um, we updated it right around noon on Monday, so you'll see the brand new week entry. So that and then what what he mentioned before, I've done a couple of barrel full of monkeys one and two, the, the audio books. And I've been on both of those, and I thank you very much for doing that. That was such an interesting experience, reading that stuff. Really More to come. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. So, anyway, um, the contact information for myself is EileenGrimes.com or JupiterRisingShow at AOL.com. That's the show page. And then, Matt Shea, what is your email address or, e- or website? It is MattSheaBooks.net, and when you get on that, we have a very nice free audiobook for the family, and then we have free stories on it, and then you could delve into the Amazon products if you'd like. Great. That's wonderful. Okay. And coming next week, we have on August 14th, we have on Mitchell Lewis, who is a fabulous astrologer from New York City. He's going to be talking about, I think we're going to be talking about the sun opposite Jupiter. So that's happening, and he kind of mentioned that last time he was talking. We can see all sorts of things happening this week around that. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see what that's about. So and then on August 21st, we have on Jackie Slevin, who is another great astrologer. She is from New, New Jersey. That's all the East Coast people. So they're going to be on. And Jackie's just going to come on and talk about what she usually talks about. And one thing she talks about, which is super interesting and what I'm interested in, too, is stationary planets. So she does that. And we'll probably be talking about something like that. And. As I mentioned before, Uranus is going to go stationary here shortly. So we're going to probably see some interesting influence right around the time she's on the show. So we're probably going to be talking about that on the show, too. Anytime Uranus stations, it's like wacky stuff happens. So is that it for us? Are we done? I guess. I guess my uh, takeaway for this show would be 42. 42 what? Oh, you've never seen The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Huh. uh I don't want to give a spoiler alert, so, but anyway, uh, 42 is the meaning of life, according to the Hitchhiker's Guide to oh, the Galaxy. Oh, really? Interesting. Okay. I, okay, i got to finish the book. That's right. I've just started it. So I've got to finish the book, and I have it at home somewhere, so it's on my Kindle. So, anywho. <laughs> anyway, this was a fun show today. I want to thank everybody for being here. I want to thank Matt for being here on the very first show of the month. And as like I said, next week we'll have on Mitchell Lewis. So... This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW, Alternative Talk Radio.